0: Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're making our way through the Beatitudes, both in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 5, also Luke's Gospel, Chapter 6, the Sermon on the Plain. They're different. They're not the same but they both express the kingdom lifestyle the sermon on the mount not just the beatitudes they're like the core of it as i said uh, father pink cares described it he wrote a wonderful wonderful book on the beatitudes and it's really helped me a lot to see and understand but he said it's like the beatitudes are like an infrared light that shining exposes what, what's at the heart of the kingdom lifestyle that jesus calls us to live because as we become we're baptized into Christ. We literally are called to, but we are also enabled if we desire it. This is what's going to show at the end of our life, one way or another, how much did we want what God wanted. When Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Come now. Come and enter the kingdom now. And the way of life of the kingdom, and he showed that way of life. And if we, we have the power in us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, we're temples of the living God. St. Paul reminded us it's, if we're not careful, we can forget that. And we can reduce the Christian life to moral striving. And then we get, we can get into a kind of Christian minimalism, which is so present in many of the baptized. Or even, you know, La- Laodicean thing, like the book of Revelation, the church in Laodicea was, was lukewarm. And Jesus said it made him sick. And there's a lot of lukewarmness in the life of the church today. We're meant to be a light, we're meant to be a body of people, yes, sinful, broken, but forgiven, and walking in the grace of God in the church, and walking in the power of our baptism, walking in the power of our confirmation that we're given, walking in a community of people that are together living from the word of God, the scripture, the inspired word that comes right from God to us. In the writers who were inspired to communicate to us for the sake of our salvation, everything the Lord wants us to know God's word, being fed at the Eucharistic table, being able to touch heaven at such a level to again have represented to us. And we literally participate in feeding on the offering of Jesus's death on a cross. And he said, My body is real food, my blood is real drink. This is what feeds us, these realities. And it leads us to live a new way of life. And it's the best life we could possibly live. But it's also the life we have to live if we want to live with God forever. And paying attention to what Jesus said, it doesn't feel like you gain much in this world. Like you say, okay, I'm going to pay a little attention to it. I'm going to be good. By God's grace, I'm going to resist, you know, the temptations to violate the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments, whatever. I'm going to fight with that. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be nice to people. I'm going to go to church most of the time. And, but I'm not going to get too intense about it. I'm not going to get too radical about it. I want to be normal. I don't want to stand out in any way. And I just got so many things I want to do. And that's where my energy and my mind and my heart are going. And now what we're seeing in these Beatitudes is, you might ask the question if, you know, Jesus is speaking to you eyeball to eyeball and you're, you ask him, Lord, what is, what is it you expect of me? What is it you want from me? And what is the best possible way I could live on this earth with the time that I have? You know everything. What would it be? And he'd say, well, right here in the Beatitudes. This is how I want you to live. you scratch your head. You mean like, for example, the second beatitude we talked about, blessed are the poor yesterday. Today is from Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, chapter five, Matthew's gospel. The second one, it's kind of mind blowing. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted, happy, happifying, happy are those who mourn. It just seems counterintuitive. Happy are the happy, you know, and if we're mourning, if we're weeping, how are we happy? It's very easy to kind of see it on a shallow level like that. But there's so much wisdom in this and it's God. Where does the mourning come from? When God reveals to us who God is and who we are. And he reveals to us the true condition of the heart of your heart reveals to me my heart. How little I love God. How little I love my neighbor. How preoccupied I am with me and all my comforts and I want attention. I mean, the self that's just constantly fixated wanting to be satisfied, wanted to be noticed, wanted to be special, and all the rest. When the Holy Spirit shows us that, that's one of the reasons we weep. You know, like St. Francis and other saints wept over their sin. Another reason we weep is when we see the actual condition of the world and our neighbor. And not like, oh, I'm I'm so great, they're not, I feel bad for them. It's totally different than that. It's a genuine heartbreak, deep, deep sadness, seeing the distance of the fallen world from the will of God. And how many people live daily with no awareness of God, which means no awareness of who they actually are. Slaves to this world that I was, and and I have to fight in my own life to be able to see what's truly valuable and what's passing away and to see that just the lack of paying attention to the Lord. Like... I mean, a number of years ago when the people were talking about the statistics, really what the Eucharistic Revival is trying to respond to is how many baptized Catholics who have received their First Communion and the rest, some 70% or whatever at the time that study said, 70% of Catholics no longer believed in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, which is just a radical departure from the reality and the teaching, and the precious offering that's given there. And a kind of walking away from the truth and not seeing it. And so that's the kind of thing that the saints would mourn over, would weep over. The sadness, the the great offering, the, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus, diminished, ignored. That's worth weeping over. And lots of things in this world, the distance between what the Lord calls us to and where we are. So I, there's a weeping of personal repentance. Okay. As like I said, there's weeping over seeing the condition of the church, weeping with those who weep. It's another thing the Bible talks about. The sadness of death in a family, the sadness of many, the sadnesses that people Experience are we even friends who are weeping over not just the loss or the pain, but even by God's grace, the condition in their own life of their own life in relationship to God. We weep with one another. Another one is weeping, uh, uh, the weeping of the exiles who long for their homeland. That's in the Bible too. Like we are exiles from the kingdom and weeping and recognizing We're not home yet. That we are exiles. And no matter how much we acquire, no matter how much we do, no matter how much this world can give us, it never fully satisfies. That's a sad thing. But tears can also flow from the joy of knowing God and being radically dependent on God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Think of the comfort of God right here when we mourn over our own sin, God is not distant and angry, distancing himself from you. He's not stomping around saying, I can't believe, you know, you did that. I can't, you disappoint me. Things like that. When the human heart repents, that's first of all, the grace of God at work full acknowledgement of sin. And not just wanting to get rid of guilt, which is a good thing. Guilt is a hell guilt, and there's such thing as healthy guilt, and it's healthy, it's good. And thank God for the sacrament of reconciliation. But friends, it's it is really good to deal with that, but it's God's grace when you have a moment Where you begin to really see the depth and the seriousness of what sin is and how it's damaged your own life. And those tears that come in grace and experiencing God's mercy, it's, there's no condemnation there. It's just the realization in your heart's broken. You say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, oh, I see, I see now. And that's a gift. That's a grace when that happens. And if we live our whole life and we've never really seriously wept over our sins, we're not making much progress in the Christian life. I'm not saying we have to weep, you know, all the time, but if our hearts are really desiring to know the will of God, to be aligned with his purposes, to cooperate with him, we're gonna have the occasional moment or time when by God's grace we see it and it breaks our heart and tears are shed again that's a good thing I remember referring to Saint Francis I mean he he wept over his sins so often it impacted his sight he part of the it somehow contributed to his blindness even he said, that's what it's what they say it's what I read you know so the um think of the movie schindler's list you remember oscar schindler the guy who was rescuing uh, the jews and trying to help protect them at the factories that he owned and that he ran and he he kind of woke up to that at a certain point and then he started wanting he tried, tried to do as much as he could giving them false documents that they could use that would protect them and he would create uh, these work opportunities that would prevent them from being sent to, they need them i need them i need them. And Prevented the the Nazis from sending them to out of their own self-interest from sending them to uh, Auschwitz or someplace you know some concentration camp. There's a scene at the end when they're finally the war's over and they're standing outside the factory and right on the train tracks and they present him a gift I think if I remember correctly and he's he's so moved and he's sitting there and and he suddenly collapses and he's overwhelmed by his experience of how little he actually did. And he realized he actually could have done more. And of course, they're saying, no, 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 you did so much, you did so much. But there's some truth to what he's saying, and he's experiencing it. And he's just comprehending the magnitude of the suffering and his response and how much greater his response could have been. That's a powerful scene. And it's related to, you know, blessed are those who are mourning. It's a great moment for him. He's mourning. He's weeping that I could have done more in the face of this great tragedy. Friends, let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us have God's tears in the way He would desire them for us. Have a blessed day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze!" That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash foe. That's renewalministries.net slash foe.